Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Germantown Presbyterian Church this morning. Welcome, one and all, to our service of worship on this uh, last Sunday in February. Welcome, if you're watching online, to our live stream on Facebook or sermons.net. Welcome to all of you as well. Please do see the friendship pad that's on the inside aisle of each pew. If you would please sign your name to that, and if you would um, just mark your attendance with us, and then you can also check a box on there if you'd like to know more information about GPC. If you are visiting and want to know more about the church, then please check that box, and one of us would be delighted to be in touch with you and tell you more about who we are as a family of faith. So welcome, one and all, to this service of worship. We've had very special music during all of this, uh, this month, this Black History Month. We've been celebrating that month, mostly in our music, and Alex has put special pieces by black arrangers and composers into our worship service as part of our prelude or one of our anthems or our postlude. So we are appreciative of that. And then we have a very special piece that's part of our worship service today. Uh, Marcus King will sing a great African-American spiritual that we have inserted called Here's One. So we are grateful that as a church we have celebrated this through music and through worship, and we conclude that during this, uh, during this worship service today. It is always a pleasure for us to welcome new people into the life and the worship and the work of Germantown Presbyterian Church. So earlier this morning, our session met, and we welcomed uh, a few new members into our church, and they're here at this service, and so I'll invite them to stand when I call their name out, and you can put a name with a face, and then during the the final verse of the hymn, they're going to come to the front, and you can come greet them and welcome them personally into the life of the church at the end of the service. So uh, we have Bill Duell, who is here. Bill uh, has come to us and been worshiping with us for quite some time, as well as uh, Lindy and Daniel Feinstone. And they're in the back right over there. And then Dot Nicoly also is here. And so to all of you, to all four of you, thank you so much for uh, being part of GPC. And uh, we all pledge ourselves to you and we promise to you that we will be a church family for you and that we'll serve you. And we look forward to finding our common service together and your niche in uh, the life of Germantown Presbyterian Church. So thank you for joining with us today. Friends, looking ahead just a little bit into the coming week or so with uh, Ash Wednesday, which is this coming Wednesday, and we'll have our Ash Wednesday service in here at 6.30, which we haven't been able to have for the last couple of years, and so we're back this Ash Wednesday at 6.30 in here, special music and worship. We will have the imposition of ashes as part of that service if you would like to have that, and so we look forward to everybody participating and coming if they can on Wednesday at 6.30. Also, you'll see at each entranceway to the church, you'll see this booklet. It's a prayer booklet for the season of Lent. We did this during Advent before Christmas, and we had so many people um, enjoy praying together as a church family. And so this is uh, Praying on the Nines is the title of it, inviting you to pray twice a day at 9 a.m. or 9 p.m., Um, or whatever works for you, but that's uh, just one suggestion for our church family to join together to pray a couple of times a day, to be appreciative um, for entering into the season of Lent. There's a booklet that's got a beautiful piece of art associated with a prayer guide um, for the week, and the scripture for the following Sunday sermon 
is in the booklet as well. So you can pray and meditate during the week on uh, the scripture lesson as well as the prayers. And then um, that scripture lesson will be uh, the central piece of our worship the following Sunday. So please do pick these up at the entryways on your way out if you haven't already. Thank you to our congregational care team, our prayer ministry, Susie Wiggins, for all of you all for putting this together for us to go into the season of Lent together. And we have been talking about and looking forward to the youth auction, which is next week, and Reese Reynolds now brings us an announcement about the youth auction. Hello, my name is Reese Reynolds. I'm a sophomore at Houston High School and a member of our youth group. This year, the youth auction will be live and in person. My favorite part of the auction has always been seeing all the neat items to bid on at the silent auction. I've come home with some cool finds over the years, including a vintage school desk and an old school rowing machine. This year, we do have a grab-and-go option. You'll be able to pick up dinner and bid on items from 4 to 5 before the live event takes place. Doors open at 5.30 for those planning to stay for both the live and silent auctions and dinner. Money raised goes to offset the cost of youth mission trips and retreats. Here are some ways you can support the youth auction. You can check out the articles in the window to learn more. Attend the youth auction on Sunday, March 6th. Tickets can be purchased online and on Sundays in the Northex. Donate items and bid at the auction. We've provided a Sign Up Genius link in the newsletter to make it easier than ever to donate. Or contact youth director Christopher Greco to offer a donation. Items may be dropped off at the church this week. The 2022 youth auction scripture is Psalm 91.4. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Thank you. Good morning. God calls us to rejoice as we worship. God invites us into a deeper faith and more obedient trust. Please stand and join me in our call to worship. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. Great is the Lord in Zion exalted over all nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. The Lord is holy. Let us praise the Lord our God, for the Lord our God is holy.
us new life through Jesus Christ. Through Christ we have forgiveness and love. Let us confess our sin and pray for God's mercy. Hear us, O God, in our contrition. We confess our indulgent appetites, our timid witness, our swollen pride, and our reluctant hearts. Please forgive us and then mold us in the image of Christ, our merciful Lord, our challenging teacher, our grace-filled friend, and our generous Savior. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. God has mercy on us, and God forgives our sins and no longer holds them against us. Let us rejoice in God's goodness. Jesus Christ be with you. As our children come forward, I invite you to greet one another with the peace of Christ. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Oh, oh, you okay? Okay. Good morning, y'all. Come on up. I've got something special to show you this morning if you want to come up. If you want to, that's great. If you don't want to, don't blame you a bit. But I've got something fun to show you this morning, and you might like it. Okay, so I brought with me uh, some things. I have a lot of these. I brought a few of these that I have, but I didn't bring all of them. And I collect some of these, and I have these around my house. I have some in my 
car. I have some here at church. What are they? What's that? That's a flashlight. So I've got a, one of those little mag lights, and I'll show you this one in a minute, but I've got this flashlight right here that's kind of big. And I just, honestly, I have a whole bunch of flashlights. I've got these. This is one of my favorites. It's really bright. And I've got this one right here. You know, I've got all these different flashlights. I've got some special ones. Here's some more. Um, I've got these that I keep around the house. Some are on the mantle. Some are in a drawer. Some are in different places. A few in the car. Oh, here's another one right here. Um, I've got some special ones. I've even got a little small one right here. Can you see that? It, uh, you can see it right there. I won't shine it in your eyes, but you can see that one. I can keep that one in my pocket right there. Um, I've even got one. I've even got one that stays on my head because sometimes you never know. It's a headlight. That's exactly right. Not headlights. Light. You never know. It's pretty bright, so I'm just going to shine it down like that. You never know when you're going to need one. It shines down in the dark. If you're working with your hands in the dark, it even turns red sometimes. If you need this, it is shining away in the dark. That's exactly right. Um, Sometimes my family makes fun of me for having all these flashlights all around, except guess when they didn't make fun of me for having all these flashlights around? When the power went out a few weeks ago, they were kind of glad that Dad likes flashlights and has lots of flashlights around. Here's a special one that I've got, and it's really bright. It's really bright, and you can see kind of up there. You know, if only it were dark in here. If, oh, if only it were dark in here, you can see that light go all the way up. I won't shine it in anybody's eyes, but you can see just how bright it is. It's really bright up there on the window. We could spotlight the choir. It is so bright. Now, let me tell you about this a little bit, because there's a time in the Bible when there was a bright, bright, bright light that was shining. And it happened when Jesus was with his disciples. I'm, that's another time. All right, everybody focus right here. There was a time when a bright, bright light shined. It shone all around Jesus. It was when he went up on a mountain with his disciples. And we're going to talk about this today in the rest of church. He took Peter, John, and James with him. And they went up a mountaintop. And as they were praying there, the disciples were kind of tired. It was dark. They were, they were praying. Jesus was praying. And then a light so bright came all around Jesus. And it was this white light and it was all around him and it actually came out from him. It was so bright. It looked like lightning. His clothes turned bright white. And then two other people came out with him, Moses and Elijah. And they came out with him and they were standing there with Jesus in that light, which we call God's glory. And God was preparing Jesus for when he would go from this mountaintop to Jerusalem, to the cross and then the resurrection. And so that's our story for today, this Transfiguration Sunday when this light came from Jesus. And I want to show you a picture of what it might have looked like. We don't know for sure, but here's one artist's rendering of what it looked like at that Transfiguration when all of that light came from Jesus. All right, so hold, hold that thought for now.
And let me know in a little bit, but hold that thought for just a second while we pray, and then you can tell me. All right, let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for Jesus, and thank you for his glory. We pray that today and every day we would know him. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, thank you so much. You can go back to your seats. Yeah. Just one announcement in a minute. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes in just a minute because there's a car, a Chevrolet Cruze, in our parking lot. That Some cars have this feature. You can leave it, and it stays on, and it keeps on running. So somebody who drives a Chevrolet Cruze, your car is still in the parking lot, and it's still running. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes as Marcus sings so that the owner of that car can get up without being noticed by everybody else. If you want to, if you don't want to, you want it to stay running, then we'll just keep it running. But we didn't want you to run out of gas, run out of power. So thank you for that. And now, Marcus, thank you for your solo. Oh. 
Talk about a time that's been converted. Speak, O Lord, because we are listening. We are listening for your voice above all others as we now turn to Scripture. We pray that you would give us ears to hear your will for us. We pray that we would absorb and soak up all that you have to say as we listen for your truth and wisdom in the pages of Scripture. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We have two scripture lessons that are related this morning. Our second lesson will refer to our first lesson, and there are echoes of this first moment, this first experience from Deuteronomy that will come later on in our lesson from Luke. So first from Deuteronomy 18, starting in verse 14. Uh, This is Moses' farewell speech. He is on the eve of his death, and he is giving instructions to the Israelites, and so at some points... Moses is speaking to the Israelites, but then Moses takes on God's voice, and it's God speaking to Moses, but then also to the people. So there's some different voices. I'll try to clarify which is which during our reading. Deuteronomy 18. Moses says, Although these nations that you are about to dispossess listen to soothsayers and diviners, as for you, The Lord your God does not permit you to do so. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, said Moses, from among your own people. You shall listen to this prophet. This is what you requested of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, If I hear the voice of the Lord my God anymore or ever again see this great fire, I will die. So then the Lord replied to me, and God said, They are right in what they have said. So I will raise up for them a prophet like you, Moses, from among their own people. I will put my words in the mouth of this prophet, who shall speak everything as I have commanded. And then from Luke 9, verses 28 through 36. About eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter, John, and James, and they went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, he saw, they saw two men, Moses and Elijah, talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of Jesus' departure, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they had stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. 
And just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, three places, uh, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah, because he didn't know what to say. While he was saying all this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And then they kept silence. And in those days, they told no one any of these things that they had seen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I know some of you, a few of you, are country music fans, and so you might remember an old song by George Jones, who could sing it in a way that only George Jones could sing it, that great melancholy voice where he says these words, he sings them, 
I've had choices since the day that I was born. There were voices that taught me right from wrong. If I had listened, then I wouldn't be here today, living and dying with the choices I've made. A poor imitation of George Joins. Only he can go up and down like that. Our choir is much... Somebody should have gotten somebody else, Chuck. Our country singer could have sung that a lot better than I have. I've had choices. I've heard voices. So you may know that song. He goes on, of course, after that to sing about how much he has given into temptation, how much he drinks too much, which was realistic for George Jones, how much he has disappointed all of his loved ones, how he lives with regret every day, how he is every day paying the cost for all of his poor decisions, how he wishes he could start over, but he can't. He's let down everyone, especially mama, so he is now just singing the blues. In other words, just another country song, right? Well, right, for George Jones, there's another country song that came out a little over 10 years ago that also talks about voices It's not nearly as melancholy as George Jones' song. Chris Young sang a song called I Hear Voices. It's about the voices of wisdom that have been implanted in his life over the years. So he sings, I hear voices like my dad saying, work that job, but don't work your life away. Mama telling me to drop some cash in the offering plate on Sunday, which is always good advice, by the way, mama or anybody. And Grandma saying, if you find the right one, you better treat her right. Yeah, I hear voices all the time. I hear voices like that. I don't know if you do. Family members, loved ones, friends. You know, what's really interesting is that whenever I walk through a funeral planning process with a family, at some point a spouse or a child will remark, boy, I heard him say this all the time. Or she used to say, always. And you can fill in the blank with some saying, some mantra, some pearl of wisdom that was just a nugget that that person lived by. I did a funeral last year for a friend named Mac Williams who lives in the country outside of Ripley, and I heard him drop this pearl of wisdom all the time. He would say, the Lord will help you if you let him. The Lord will help you if you let him. He usually would say that after I'd gotten frustrated about something and tried it my way, and then finally there was another way which was better. He would say, the Lord will help you if you let him. And what he meant was, once you sort of put aside all of your answers and your plans and what your pride tells you what is right, and then finally when you trust in God, then God will show you the right way, or God will show you some kind of solution after you get over your own self-sufficiency. So what voices do you hear in certain situations? Maybe it's when you have a choice to make. Do you hear mama's voice? Do you hear your dad's voice? I can so easily recall, even right now, I'm thinking I can hear my dad's voice in my mind. I can hear my grandmother's voice when it was, as it was most of the time. I can just recall it like that from early childhood. I can hear her great southern accent and that great cadence. But I can also remember a time when that voice changed after I had sort of crossed a line and she said, do you want me to go get a switch off of that bush out there? And I remember thinking, I don't even know what a switch is, but I don't want it. (laughs) I don't want it if it's going to come with that voice. Those voices are ingrained in us. 
I want us to think about one particular voice today. First, though, think about the voice in general, the voice of God in Scripture. The voice of God in Scripture. Some of the Old Testament writings are what we call the wisdom writings. Psalms, Proverbs, Job, Ecclesiastes. These are the wisdom writings, and and in so many of these, God's voice. God's voice is personified, and God's voice calls out to us knowing there are all kinds of voices out there in the world that are clamoring for our attention. So in in Proverbs 1, for example, it says this, Wisdom cries out in the streets. In the squares, she raises her voice. At the busiest corner, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gate, she speaks. I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make my words known to you. There are lots and lots of voices out in the city gates, lots of voices in the public square that are vying for our attention. Do we hear God's wisdom speaking? You know, what's so fascinating and so hard now and and really in some ways tragic about this day and age in which we live is it is hard to know which voices to trust. It's hard to know which voices to listen to, which voices are believable. What we know has happened since the late 90s, but really 21st century, especially in the last five to eight years. Now, we live in this incredible information age where so much information is out there on the internet primarily, but so much information, news, ideas, concepts are available, and every day they are clamoring for our attention. All kinds of ways and all these different sources this cacophony of voices, and we have to constantly ask ourselves, which ones are true? And if they're true, then you can trust them. Which ones are believable? I don't know if you saw this. Maybe you saw the news on this. On February the 7th, the the Department of Homeland Security issued a warning about MDMs. MDMs, mis, dis, and malinformation. Misinformation happens when Somebody is sincere, and they don't know it, but they make a mistake, and they they say something that's not true, but it comes from sincerity, and they just don't know all the right facts. There's, There's that kind of information. Disinformation is intentionally trying to inflict harm on someone else through knowingly spreading a lie. And then malinformation occurs, and it's even more sinister. It occurs when someone takes something that's technically true but then twists it and and inserts it in a place that's out of context in order to intentionally foment anxiety or anger or disunity. So why did they issue this this, uh, information about MDMs? It's because there are foreign governments, and then even they're not even governments, but there are foreign entities that are coming into U.S. news feeds and social media and blogs and posts foreign outside entities coming in to our social media in order to intentionally stir up and pit Americans against Americans with malinformation and disinformation every day. Governments like Russia and other governments that are trying to sow disunity among us with malinformation all the time. If that weren't bad enough, there are voices that are trying to to take from you, steal from you, Every day. I can remember when my mom called me on a Saturday morning 
because she just called her attorney first and she called me. She got an email from a friend who was traveling in London and had been injured and needed money. And could she please wire her money to this account? Could she please help? It was one of her best friends. And so she tried to spring into action to help. And of course, it was a scam, a total scam. But it happens every day. Can you trust your pastors? Maybe. Maybe. I say maybe because at least a few times a month, GPC members will receive an email allegedly from me or Susie or another pastor, and it's a fake email, but it's asking you for gift cards or for money as if it were for us. What's actually happened is that somebody has your email address and they know you're a member of this church because they bought a list of the whatever membership or they see the newsletter, whatever it is, and they have your email. So they create a Pastor Will at GPC email. It's not me, but they ask you for money and they're trying to scam you. I've told you before, when I come asking you for money, it will be personally with my hand out wanting you to support something in the church and not anonymously. All these voices. What about all these other voices? Every day vying for your attention, your trust, your purchasing power, your investments, your sympathy, your alignment, your agreement. And then they're the voices inside you. Your own voices that are clamoring for your attention. How trustworthy are they? Voices that are trying to sometimes lure you or or tempt you into a bad choice. How do you know if your own instincts are leading you in the right direction or or if you're following a voice that's selfish and wrong when you have to make a decision? All these voices. In this morning's New Testament lesson, there is a voice that speaks that tells us who to listen to and who to trust above all others. It's here in Luke 9, and Jesus is, as we know at this point, He is about to head to Jerusalem for the single purpose of going through Holy Week and the crucifixion. And he knows this. So his mind knows this, but his heart still needs strengthening. So he takes Peter, James, and John, and they climb up some some portion of this mountain, and they go to pray and to be away from everyone else. And I don't think that even Jesus knew what was about to happen to him. Their eyelids all were weighed down with sleep, And just as they were entering into this state of of prayer and sleep, just as they were entering into this moment, it happened. It happened for Jesus, where his face changed, says Luke, and it began to shine. And then his clothes gleamed whiter than white, dazzling white, says Luke. And the word that Luke uses there is actually a word like lightning, as when lightning flashes out. If you're ever out at night and you see lightning and it's relatively close by, what happens? It lights up the whole world for just a flash and then you're kind of blinded because it hurts. It's so bright. It's bright and beautiful and painful, which is how the Bible describes God's glory. Every time God's glory is described in Scripture, it is described as this this beautiful and wonderful and incredible sight that is also too painful to even look at. Our eyes are too weak to take in something that is just so powerful. And that's what happened here for these three disciples when Jesus is transformed, when He is transfigured in their midst. 
He has this radiating experience that's beyond any description. He has this mountaintop experience where he is in the presence of God's glory. And then two people join him who have also had mountaintop experiences in the glory of God, Moses and Elijah. Do you remember those times in their own lives, Moses and Elijah, when each one of them had a a sort of mountaintop experience in the presence of the glory of God? God met Moses on the mountaintop to give him the courage that he needed to be the leader, to be the spokesman, to, to be the leader of the exodus. In the book of Exodus and in other places, it says that when Moses would go up on the mountaintop to meet with God, that his face would radiate when he came down. That the Israelites could look up and that God had descended upon that mountain in a cloud in order to shield and protect Moses from God's glory. Elijah had his own mountaintop experience. He was on the run for his life. He was threatened. He was scared. He didn't know what to do. And God appears to him, shields him from his glory, but God appeals, uh, appears to him to give him the courage that he needs to go on and face the opposition that he is about to face. These two prophets, Moses and Elijah, these two prophets who spoke on behalf of God to all the people. They revealed God's will to the people. Sometimes the people listened to these prophets and sometimes they didn't. But they were prophets. And here at this farewell speech in Deuteronomy, on the eve of his death, Moses says, God knows, God knows these other nations around you have these voices, these soothsayers, these diviners, that they will speak to you in all kinds of ways. Other nations listen to them, but not you. God knows there are these other voices. And then God says, I will raise up a prophet. Like you, Moses, from among the people, I'll put my words in his mouth. He will speak them. Listen to this prophet, God says to the people. Now we know, we know he is talking about Jesus. You have these two prophets in these two holy moments. God gives them courage on the mountaintop to go forward, to be faithful in the face of darkness and opposition through their own trials in life. Now, God is doing the same for Jesus, giving him this courage that he needs, this affirmation to go ahead and face this opposition that he will experience on the road to Jerusalem and then especially inside Jerusalem on the cross. It's a holy moment. It's a holy moment when this cloud descends upon these disciples and Jesus shining bright in his glory. It's a holy moment when God's voice speaks. Now we heard God's voice speak earlier in Luke at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. God's voice comes at Jesus's baptism and says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, the exact same words, at least the first clause, are spoken here from the voice from heaven. Some, some versions translated God's chosen, but here this voice says, You are my beloved son. Listen to him, says the voice. Listen to him. Now, that voice is speaking to not Jesus, but to Peter, James, and John, those disciples, but that voice is also speaking by extension, to all disciples, to all of us. This is my beloved Son. Listen 
to Him. Trust Him. Follow Him. Believe in Him. Listen to Him. Each year at GPC on this Sunday, Transfiguration Sunday, we mark the end of the the first part of Jesus' ministry when He turns and He shifts and goes toward Jerusalem and He is going toward Jerusalem for the sake of the cross. That's why He's going there. So we enter into this six-week season of Lent. As we do, we close out today and then especially Wednesday with Ash Wednesday, we begin this six-week season of discipline. In contemplation, we consider why Jesus went to the cross, which is because of the sin that inflicts damage into all of our lives. We recognize the presence of suffering in our world that is contrary to God's will. And right now, there is great suffering, especially in Europe and in the Ukraine, that is contrary to God's will. We recognize the reality of suffering. Remember that God came into this world for very different purposes and to defeat sin. And it starts on this Sunday. And so we go through this season of Lent and we remember that it starts with this command from God, listen to Him. Listen. We listen. Because He is the one who shows us how to be truly obedient and faithful. He stays true to God in the face of great opposition. And by doing so, He shows us how to be faithful in our own dark times, in our own times of opposition, in times when we are anxious or afraid, when we worry, we listen to Him. And the reality is, and you know this, every other voice will either fade away or let you down, or some voices will mislead you. There are lots of voices out there in the public square, lots of voices at the city gate that will mislead you or let you down or disappoint you. Even parents, friends, ministers, everybody at some point will disappoint you. Some voices will mislead you, sometimes a lot. Some voices inside of you, sometimes you don't know exactly what voice to listen to. Listen to Jesus. That is our call, especially as we listen during this season of Lent. That's why we've created this prayer guide and praying on the nines to to pull people into either again or for some of us a new experience of prayer so that you can listen for the voice of Jesus. There is never, never any miss, dis, or mal information that comes from Jesus. He always, always has your best interest at heart. He will never deceive you. Listen to Jesus if you have hard decisions to make. Listen to Jesus if you're in a dark place. Listen to Jesus if you are suffering for any reason. Listen to Jesus as we go through this season of Lent together. This is my beloved Son, said God. Listen to Him. Amen. My friends, having now been blessed to have heard the word read and proclaimed, let us please stand as we're able and publicly affirm the faith that we believe. Let us respond with the words of the Apostles' Creed. What is it that you believe? 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we are blessed yet again to come before God in this moment of intercessory prayers, for we may lift up the names of those that are near and dear to us, just using their first names, so listen for that place of silence, and where together collectively we will pray for our community and also for the world. I will invite you to respond when I say, Lord, in your mercy, I will invite you to respond, hear our prayers. So let us now still ourselves, still our hearts and our minds, and truly turn to Almighty God in prayer. Creator God, as we come before you with all humility and with prayers in our hands, we ask that you listen and respond. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we come with heavy hearts, our sisters and our brothers across Ukraine, the grandmothers and grandfathers, the fathers and the mothers, the aunts and the uncles, the children, the brothers and the sisters, everyone, who in this very moment fear for their lives, their families, their homes, their businesses, for their country, all because of the hostile and destructive behaviors of their Russian neighbors. And so we lift their needs into your holy light. Lord, be their light and their salvation, covering each one completely with your shield of protection and enabling each one to find shelter and safety away from the aggressors and the violence and preventing any more loss of life. Strengthen President Zelensky's resolve to stand strong and stand shoulder to shoulder with his country, women, and men. Bless him with all that he needs to lead with compassion and desire for the well-being of his, his citizens who depend so much on him now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of wisdom, open the hearts of leaders in Europe and the United States and across the world to come to Ukraine's aid in every way possible and guide them, too, to lead their citizens with courage, compassion, and care and respect for their own neighbors. And for the leadership of Russia, holy God, 
Turn their stone hearts to tenderness by the power of your Holy Spirit, so that hatefulness and destruction and evil intentions will turn to such mercy and kindness that the whole world will be astounded to its knees. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, we know that neither warfare nor hostile behaviors of any kind by leaders and countries or one person against another are not your will, but are instead plainly sin. We know that your will is for reconciliation for all people back to you. And we know that the pathway toward you is one of consideration and love for one another and peace among all people. It lies in recognizing that our neighbor is more than those who live next door, but those who live in countries far away from us. May we seek to love our neighbor as ourselves. We pray, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of healing mercies, we pray for humankind everywhere. Where there is violence, may your peace reign. Where there is sickness, may there be healing. Where there is fear, may there be reassurance and safety. And hear us now as we name those whom we love and lift their names into your holy light. Almighty God, bless those that we have named out loud and those that remain in our hearts, for we know that you know what's in our hearts and what's in our prayers. We know that each one that we are thinking of in this moment is in need of your healing mercies. And so we ask that your blessings be with them on this day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, God, until the day comes when peace shall reign, when aggressors no longer attack others for their own gain, when all people stand for justice, mercy, righteousness, and love, we will pray to unite and day for those in harm's way, just as the psalmist prayed. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We hold on to the promise that the day will come when we shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Until that day, may we become instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us bring love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Holy One, grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled, but as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in forgiving that we are forgiven. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
And hear us now, Almighty God, as we join our, our many voices into one strong and solid voice, praying the very prayer that Jesus first taught his disciples to pray, and that we, as your disciples too, in the here and now, also learned, and now we pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we know that all that we have and all that we are are gifts to us from Almighty God. So let us in this moment return to God all that we can through the giving of our tithes and our offerings with great joy and generosity.
Let us pray. Holy and amazing God, you have blessed us far beyond our deserving. And so we pray that you would accept these tithes and offerings as but a token of our love and dedication to you. We pray that you would use these gifts and use us to further your kingdom's work here on earth. We lift this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
As our new members are making their way to the front, for you to greet them at the end of this service, I send you out with this charge to go out to love and serve and listen to the Lord, and go out to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. And as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace today and always. Amen. Thank you. Welcome again. I look forward to getting to know y'all. Look forward to it. Yeah. It was. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy.